What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amateur Like a TIS podcast with your host, Jai Shields. Got a jam-packed show for you today on here on this New Year's Eve edition of the Amateur Like a TIS podcast. Happy New Year to all of you out there listening. Got a lot of stuff to talk to you, talk about today, excuse me. Uh, touch on the Ravens winning the division beating the Cleveland Browns by the, at home yesterday by the final score of 26-24. Touch on the Pittsburgh Steelers missing the playoffs and a drama that's circulating that franchise with what looks to be the cancer that is Antonio Brown in the locker room. I'll touch on finally, finally, finally. It's been a long time coming. In my opinion, it should have came after we collapsed against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But finally, 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 thank the good Lord Marvin Lewis is fired from the Cincinnati Bengals. 16 years, no playoff victories. He was the second longest tenured coach in the NFL behind the Lombardi of this era. That is Bill Belichick in New England. He was there since 2000. Uh, Marvin Lewis has been there since 2003, 16 seasons in the league. I'll touch on him. I'll touch on the Indianapolis Colts clinching the sixth seed in the AFC playoffs by having a dominant win on the road against Blaine Gabbert and the Tennessee Titans last night. I'll touch on my guy, Nicky Foles, working his magic with the help of Kirk Cousins' ineptitude. I'll touch on him as well. But anyway, feeling because of Kirk Cousins' ineptitude and the magic of Nick Foles, Philadelphia got the sixth seed in the NFC, so they have a chance to defend and repeat as Super Bowl champions. I'll also tell you why. Don't fall for the for the mirage that is the New England Patriots and blowing out the Jets. I'll get to that later on in the show as well. I also talk today was quote unquote Black Monday in the NFL. Plenty of other head coaches besides Marvin Lewis getting fired. I'll touch on them as well as well as recap the the boring 2018 college football playoff that was on Saturday last time we talked. And my little brother Ian Shields will come and join us as his he'll join me to talk Seahawks football heading into the playoffs and other news around the league. But first things first, I want to touch on the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, ladies and gentlemen, they won the division for the first time since 2012, the year that they won their second Super Bowl championship with Ray Lewis, the general himself at the helm, at middle linebacker that season. That was his last season in the NFL. Of course, Ray Lewis got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame back in August. But anyway, Ravens won their division for the first time since 2012. And clinched the playoff berth for the first time in four years in 2014 when it was the last time they met. Uh, they got knocked off by New England Patriots who were on their way to the to win the Super Bowl that year. So definitely and with Mar and with uh excuse me, John Harbaugh rather was news before the game, days before the game, that he was uh, secure in 2019. Well, some Ravens fans, you know, at least once that I was talking to and the ones that I've 
texting and uh, going back and forth with. They thought that, you know, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Well, thanks to uh, C.J. Mosley, they don't have to worry about that. Um, first of all, it was a great game to watch. I mean, I was more... I saw both games at the same time. I tried to watch as, as much as one as I did the other, but it, but pardon me because I'm a Bungles fan and we played the Steelers yesterday, so my was a little bit more towards that game than it was the Baltimore-Cleveland game. The Bungle game finished first, so I, so I saw the ending of the Ravens game, gave that my un, undivided attention. It was a good game. Rams won the game 26-24. They finished at 10-6 to close out the 2018 NFL regular season. Cleveland Browns still seeking for their first winning season in quite a while. They suffered their eighth loss with the tie. Gives them a losing record at 7-8-1. Lamar Jackson, 14 for 24 passing with a buck 79 passing and no touchdowns, no interceptions. Kenneth Dixon, what a game he had. 12 carries, 117 yards. And Lamar Jackson had 20 carries for 90 yards and two touchdowns in the game as well. And Gus Edwards, he also had not a bad day. 12 carries, 76 yards as well for the Ravens. Even though Lamar Jackson did fumble twice, uh, Lost one of them. That's one thing Ravens have to. One thing Ravens have to keep in mind though, going into the postseason. You know, Lamar Jackson runs the ball a lot, so you know the pro to that is that he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions because typically when he throws it, he's very, very cautious with the uh, football. But one thing he has to keep in mind is to protect the football when he decides to run because you know. It, that 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 him fumbling the football late, trying to you know make something happen, getting desperate, that could uh, cost this team uh, later down the road. Jimmy Smith had two interceptions, but the interception of the game, the one that sealed the deal, that put the icing on the cake, the one that capped off the highlight reel, was by C.J. Mosley late in the game on a uh, I believe it was a fourth and it was a fourth down for um. It was a interception. Yeah, we have it. here it is. Yeah, I have it right for me. Uh, yeah, here it is. One oh six in the fourth quarter. Had to give me a minute there to pull it up, but uh, on my uh, thing right here. But one oh six in the fourth quarter, the interception that mattered the most was Baker. Was uh. C.J. Mosley intercepting a pass intended for uh, David Johnson with 106, fourth and 10 at the Ravens' 39-yard line. You got to keep in mind, though, with that drive, you had you had lots of things. You had, um, first of all, you had May Mayfield's incomplete pass to Perryman. That's the first play with 149 after the Ravens punted. Then you had Mayfield to Perryman for 19 yards. That play was reviewed. It was later upheld. Incomplete pass. Then another 16-yard pass that uh, that was called a catch, but but it was called a catch. And then they overturned it. It was excuse me. It was called an incomplete pass. 
then they overturned it and called it a catch. So you got two. Uh, so you got two players right there. So they march. They're at the Cleveland forty-five by this point. Then another. Then two. Then uh, three play. Then three straight uh, incomplete passes. And then of course you had the interception. But what a job by the Ravens defense held Baker. And I'll get to him in a minute. Trust me. But held Baker Mayfield to three interceptions. Baker Mayfield was 23 for 42 in the game, threw for 376 yards, which is good. But again, the three interceptions couldn't stop turn, turning over the football. Um, Jarvis Landry, though, had a big game, five receptions, 102 yards, and a touchdown catch. But again, held Baker, made Baker Mayfield throw through interceptions. And like I said, and I get a little, I'll switch, I'll, go, I'll get right back to Ravens, but I'll touch on Baker Mayfield just for one minute, you know. After all the chatter and all the hoopla and all the 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 bickering and the and, and all the noise and all and all the chaos and all the unnecessary BS that went on with Baker Mayfield and his feud with Hugh Jackson, you would think you would think that he would actually. I don't know. Now three touchdown passes, three touchdown passes are done for three seventy six. Ain't bad. Don't get me wrong, but three interceptions, Baker. The Pittsburgh Steelers are counting on you to win the game to to have them win the division. Uh, they are counting on you. Not to mention you're counting on Cleveland Browns fans who you know want to end the season off on a high note. Beat the Ravens, who they who they hate because of the because even though the Browns are the same team, you know that has been on since the forties and fifties. For for the good little while, the Baltimore Ravens were the Cleveland Browns, because you know I don't have to explain it to you again. Those of you should know, but Art Modell moves the team, moves the team a year after Belichick got them. Got the Browns to the playoffs. They actually won a playoff game. They had like they had like a three and one start. Were in first place or whatever. When Bill announces he announces announces he's moving the team. Team goes flat. He fires Belichick, and then and then in their fourth fourth fifth season, the Baltimore Ravens win the Super Bowl. So the same way uh, Ravens fans hate the Indianapolis Colts is the same way Cleveland Browns fans hate the Baltimore Ravens. Two totally different things, though. City didn't didn't want to give Art Modell a stadium, had no other choice. Hands were tied, had to move. Colts case, you know, uh, not Jim Irsay, who's there now. Robert Irsay, who was the uh, owner at the time, his father. You know, would you know he was boy was if he was a he, he was an alcoholic if there ever was one. So, but. You know, I, I you know got up in front of the Baltimore media and swore that not not only did he that he cussed during his interviews, but he was like he was like I swore on my you know whatever that I am not trying to move the G, you know move the bleeping team and all this. I said time and time and time again, so he wasn't gonna move the team. Yet he's out. Yet he's uh yet he's out meeting with uh, city and county officials. From anywhere as south as Jacksonville, Florida, to as west as Phoenix, Arizona, and to as north as Indianapolis, Indiana. So then one night in uh, late March, you know, he, he moves the team uh, up out of town in the middle of the night, leaves the 
city of Baltimore heartbroken. But anyway, I'm getting off the beaten path. But you would think that Baker Mayfield would show up in the game. I mean, Sharp being don't commit any, don't force any, don't force or don't commit any turnovers. Okay? All I hear is Hugh Jackson, and I said it on Saturday. I'm all this, all this chatter. I'm like, Mayfield, quit acting like you're the only quarterback in the world that has to uh, walk with a chip on his shoulder or who hasn't been slighted before. Like quit, basically. Um, I, ta- I you heard me say you go back and play for yourself. I, I just what I said Saturday was quit acting like you're special, and quit acting like you're better than Hugh Jackson. Because at the end of the day, he got fired, kicked out the door. The guy needs another job. Who who are you to sit and get get on him for where he goes? And then at the end of it, I said, all right, well, Mayfield, if you're so good and if you're so hot stuff, then walk into Baltimore, which is a pit to play in, as it was yesterday, 71 screaming fans at the top of their lungs, all hyped and energetic, trying to spill that positive, hyped energy onto the field, in, with, into their, you know, into their players, the psyche, so they can beat the Cleveland Browns and win in your inning, win the division. Like I said, all he had to do was just go into M&T Bank Stadium yesterday and and beat that and beat that uh top tier Ravens defense. And you know what? He couldn't do it. He, he could he could not do it. Get, didn't get the ball up fast enough. Didn't make the proper read with C.J. Mosley, who who was actually blitzing on the play, but the offensive guard basically pushed him back, and C.J. Mosley, all he had to do was just stick his hands up and he caught the ball. But even still, where was he? I heard all of this chatter and all of this, and all this lip service and him bumping his gums, and yet when the time was there for him to show up and step up and act like he was right for prime time, once again, just like in the George Rose Bowl game, he didn't come through. Uh, so Baker Mayfield, uh, and then and then he's sitting up there on the silence with his little knit cap on, getting coodled and and, and and coddled and hugged on the sideline like a like a sad lost puppy someplace because he threw the bonehead interception. Well, hey, bro, that that's on you. That is on you. You want to sit up there and bump your gums and and and, and chit chat and, and oh look at me, I'm Baker Mayfield. And, and 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 screw you, Hugh Jackson, anything else? Okay, well, then make sure you had the same energy when you play Baltimore on Sunday. And it turns out, for a good little part of the game, he had it. But the important parts, he did not have it and did not bring his team home. So I want to hear about Baker Mayfield. I hope the Ravens and C.J. Mosley and that defense served up a big, a big old sharp piece of humble pie. And I hope, and trust me, you don't have to wolf it all down. But take little, take little nibbles and 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 little uh, baby sized bites of it. Chew chew on that, uh, uh, for you heading into uh, training camp uh, next summer. This this upcoming summer, chew on that, Baker. Cause cause I hope you keep cause I hope you keep this feeling in mind when when next time you want to sit and, and talk crap about somebody. That's a disgrace. 
Then he gets up in the press conference and he's all mumble and and and, uh, and uh, mumble and mellow and and picking with his clothing and just not standing still and just standing there acting like an adult and taking it like a man. Remember what I said about Cam Newton? He sat up there and spit the bit in the Super Bowl, then went up there in the press conference and acted like a five-year-old. Same thing with this one. Only fact, he didn't walk out. I mean, he, he tasted his medicine, which is what he's supposed to do. But, again, he's, he's sitting up here picking with his clothing, not standing still, you know, not giving them any attention, talking uh, soft and quiet and, and soft and tender, tender and everything else. So... Enjoy that slice of humble pie baker because if you want to be great in this league, you take that slice of humble pie that you got served and you taste it. You realize it doesn't have a great taste and you learn from it. And so the point where when the time comes again, you don't get it doesn't go down like that. Meanwhile, for the Ravens. Again, great job by the defense. I told you I told you when they um when they started them, I, I told you when they started them, and I told you before the season started, I told you that Lamar Jackson, I told you that uh, that Lamar Jackson is was going to be like the spark plug that that team needed, needs and needed to like propel them because their defense, like I said, their defense, even though I picked them to go 7-9, but I even said that that de- I picked them to go seven and nine because you know look at me you know being the being the contrarian. But I said it, and even if I haven't said it on record on a podcast, I'll say it now. And those of you who I talk to and I talk football with and everything, y'all have heard me say this: that that defense is so good and so dynamic that it guarantees them as as long as the offense isn't atrociously bad, they that defense guarantees them in nine wins. I mean, I th- that team has like nine and seven written all over it. The defense, the defense is just good enough to get them with to get them seven and seven and nine wins by 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 uh, themselves. So that that defense was energized by that crowd. Again, great play, great job by C.J. Mosley and everybody else on that defense. But that defense is going to be the key to to having them have a uh, having a chance to go to Atlanta. It, I I just, I just I I think they do. To be quite honest with you, and Lamar Jackson, he worries you when he throws the football. But ever since he he gained he uh, took helm at quarterback for Baltimore. That team has that offense has done a complete about face from what they were with uh, Joe Flacco. Therefore, in the Steeler game, for example, at about a uh, week eight, but week eight, week uh, nine, but that it, I tell you, I told you that Lamar Jackson gives the Raven. Joe Flacco's better throw the football, but Lamar Jackson gives them the better chance to win, and I think come Sunday. And I'll get to that in my episode uh, at the end of the week. But come Sunday when they play uh, the Chargers, that defense is going to have a tough time. Now, second time in three weeks, so keep that second time three weeks. So keep that in mind. But that defense, that Chargers defense, is going to have its handful dealing with Lamar Jackson. So I'll tell you that right now. 
Meanwhile, switching gears to the Steelers, who won the, were on the other end of the spectrum to win the to win the AFC North uh, division. They uh, beat the Bungles yesterday. Had the Bungles made them fight to get it, though, as the Bengals had had a uh, 10-0 lead at one point in the game. But Steelers and Big Ben came back. No Antonio Brown because of a knee injury. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, think I believe it was a knee injury. Um, if not, then I stand corrected, but... No Antonio Brown, AJ, no AJ Green, of course, with the Bengals. He has, he hurt his toe in the uh, in the uh, Tampa Bay game back in November. So Steelers came back to win the game. They it was tied at thirteen at one point. They ended up winning the game by a final score of uh, sixteen to three. Their quarterback, um, not quarterback, quarterback, their kicker. Uh, Matt McCrane, who's taken who took over for the injured uh, Chris Boswell, he had one of the clutches. He had uh, well, if the Browns would have won, it would have been one of the would have been like the clutch kick of the season for them because it would have saved their season. But Matt McCrane made some pretty clutch kicks to keep the uh, Steelers in the game and to because uh, the Steelers, I mean that Steelers offense was clawing and. The Bengals defense, you know, for the 32nd ranked defense, the absolute worst defense in all of football, that, st- that Bengals defense had Ben Roethlisberger, that offense, reeling and had him fighting and had him clawing at the until vi- about uh, midway point, till about the end of the, th- towards the end of the third, th- end of the third quarter. Midway through the uh, second, uh, fourth quarter, I would, I uh, believe, but they uh, allowing now. Granted, no Antonio Brown and no Le'Veon Bell, of course. So this a bit star depleted offensively, but for a forty, for a not forty second, for a thirty second ranked defense in all football. What a good job they did in stopping the Steelers for as long as they possibly could. Um, is is keeping them out of the end zone and, and keeping them from even getting in field goal range. I mean, the fourth downs that that was uh, seen in that game was uh, stu- was uh, ridiculous. You don't expect much offensively with the Bengals with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. The Bungles only touchdown in the game came off of a. And off of a uh, Sean Williams uh, pick six in the game. Yeah, Sean Williams pick six in the game. That was uh, thrown by Ben Roethlisberger early, but... But after, but really, it, uh, it was a bunch of field goals and the one touchdown Pittsburgh had in the game was a pass from Ben Roethlisberger to Juju Smith-Schuster uh, late in the third quarter, like I said earlier. So, Steers didn't do well for against the team that was ranked the worst defense in football, but both defenses played superb football. But Steelers won the game, but it was all for naught because the Cleveland Browns couldn't take care of business 
and Baltimore. But that's the game. But what I want to touch on is the Pittsburgh Steelers themselves as a whole and as an organization. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pittsburgh Steelers did not deserve to go to the playoffs because of from the very beginning of the season it was nothing but drama filled people getting in their feelings bunch of bull is what it was it was, it was, I mean, it, it, it was, I mean, from the Le'Veon Bell situation with the holdout with him and openly criticizing him to the media, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger calling out, you know, his fellow players and, and, you know, acting like he's holier than thou on the team and, Antonio Brown acting like a diva, and I'll get to his stuff in a minute, but it it was it was like that, you know. It's like the it was like the football gods like gave them the perfect. I mean, think it. They had Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger was the first about Hall of Famer. James Conner didn't do half bad. Juju Smith-Schuster, and they used to have Le'Veon Bell. And it's like, we have all of this talent on offense and not a bad head coach. You guys are in a position to at least win two Super Bowls. Even, not even, make them at the at the, at the least. I mean, there is nothing but superstar, high-power talent all up and down this team. Or at least it used to be. I mean, it was no excuse for the Pittsburgh Steelers not to make the playoffs this year. I mean, whether it them be playing down to the competition and playing horrible football against the Raiders and the Broncos, or or selling their or basically humiliating and kicking Le'Veon Bell to the curb before he even. You know, makes his makes that decision on his own during his holdout, and those and saying at the same time, oh yeah, we want you back. While while he's up here ransacking his locker and posting that on social media and calling him out and keeping that internal stuff that's supposed to be within the fifty three men and the coaches that's in that locker room, and instead projecting that stuff out on into the public and onto television and into onto the internet and and. Uh, media and the um, media world everywhere. But yet, Antonio Brown, we we still need you. I mean, we're, we're going to sell you down the river. We're going to put you off and send you off down the river during all this. But we, but you're a great talent, so he wants you to come back. Well, of course he didn't come back because he, he saw the dysfunctional, cancerous environment that was in that locker room. 
I mean, playing down to the competition. You know, like I said one more time, Raiders, Broncos, and there's been plenty of more examples of them doing that throughout the years. I mean, look at how they played against Jacksonville. All, uh, you know, the two times they played Jacksonville last season, get absolutely slapped out the building back in October 2017, and then then they play them again in the playoffs and basically overlook them because they're so eager beaver to play the Patriots again. I mean, this is a team that did not deserve to go. They had the talent to, and they really should have been, and they really should have made a few Super Bowl appearances in their run, but they didn't. And it's it's really no excuse, and they have nobody else to blame but themselves. They were their own worst enemy. Overlooking opponents, getting too overly compulsive over and overly excited over the Patriots, playing horrible defense that allows Tom Brady to cut them up like a like a bunch of construction paper, you know whatever it was, calling out each other's beef, making their internal locker room stuff public, whatever it might be. But they did not deserve to go to the playoffs because of, because of doing stuff like that. You you can't sit up here and, and make and make one of your players' financial business public like that. Yeah, we all know he's making more money than you guys are making. But do you have to say it out loud to the media, no less? And, you know, that's that's one thing. That's what something you would say. You know, if you you know you either keep it to yourself or you say it where you know anybody's going to be recording it. But you don't sit up there and 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 make that stuff public to ESPN and then Antonio Brown threatening reporters. Come on now. And then and and Ben Roethlisberger openly critiquing again stuff like that has to be kept internal in between the walls in in the locker room. That stuff has to be kept in. We we shouldn't be able to read on Google or read on NFL.com or read on on Twitter or, or in the uh, or hear about on on the uh, on the Pittsburgh local news or read in the local or national newspaper about you know internal st- that about news and and uh, stuff that goes on in the Steelers locker room. It should be kept internally and and uh, personally within the team. We we shouldn't be hearing about that. Openly critiquing teammates and throwing them underneath the bus and making sure that acting like that basically your stuff doesn't stink and basically, you know, acting like getting off scot-free with whatever it may have been. That's unacceptable. They didn't deserve, like I said Saturday, loss to the Saints was not what killed it for them. What killed it for them was losing to Oakland and losing and losing to the Broncos. That's what killed them. Not losing to the best and the hottest team in football, especially when they're at home in the New Orleans Saints. I mean, maybe the 78 Steelers could have beaten them, but the, but the uh, or the 2008 Steelers, not even the 2008 Steelers, maybe the 78 Steelers could beat them there, uh, but not the, 2000, not the 2018 Pittsburgh Steelers. No, no way. 
They have nobody to blame with themselves. They brought up all of this drama and all of this hoopla and all of this non-football-related garbage on themselves. And they made it public when it had no business to be public. This is stuff, and this is beefs, and this is situations that should have been held internally and should have been kept in the locker room and something that the media shouldn't have had any information or any ammo, you know, creating drama or, or something to write about. None. None whatsoever. But everybody wants to be a superstar and wants to be, you know, Mr. Individual. Look at me, 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 me. That the, that the locker rooms get divided and get separated. It's a joke. And, and, and at the same time, and, and then, then, and then that, that's just off the field stuff. But then you look at them on the field, and and they're pulling teeth trying to score a touchdown against against the one against the worst defense in football. I mean, think about that for a minute. You got all that star firepower. You've played them once already. You've beaten them already. You basically kick their butt every single time you play them. Yet you're pulling, yet you got, there's, you know, they got quite a few star players that are on IR for the, for the Bungles. Yet, yet you're pulling teeth in order for you to, in order for you to score a touchdown. You don't score till within like the final, final 90 seconds, then the final minute of the third quarter. I mean, come on. Then, then I'm reading news that, that you know, he skipped practices and and Ben Roethlisberger angered Antonio Brown, which is why he's had like temper tantrums and you know he refused to practice because he had because he had temper tantrums with Ben Roethlisberger and and everything else and having spats with the coaches on the sideline. I mean, enough already. I mean, it it it's it's nothing but a bunch of drama. I'm reading, reading tweets. I'm reading tweets. And it says, Antonio Brown called Ben Roethlisberger a fat rapist before throwing a football at him. Then Roethlisberger began to cry. I mean, what? I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's like inside. It, I mean, uh, I feel like I'm reading news from like a, a uh, you know, I'm reading news from off of a uh, junior high school campus or something. A high school campus. I mean, this is drama you you expect with teenagers. I called you this name. I didn't like it. I'll get my I'll get my feelings, get my emotions, go off in a corner and hide. I mean, I mean, I mean, when is it going to stop? And it's and make it seem like now that the season's over and they're not making the playoffs. Now it's like, you know, we open Pandora's box. And, and all the drama that surrounded this team all year, you know, all of a sudden comes out. So and it kind of gives me the impression that it kind of gives me the impression that well, if the Steelers made the playoffs, they would have kept. What are you going? What is this, this bottle of? Uh, what is all this drama? And if you guys are lucky enough to make it to the Super Bowl, what 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 was it all going to unleash all of a sudden during Super Bowl week? 
you guys get comfortable, you guys, you know, the cameras and, and, and celebrities and good-looking actresses and good-looking models all around you and, and Hollywood's uh, finest and and everybody from all over the world, media people included, and, and fans and everything else. So all of a sudden, the, you know, the camera shows up and you're going to, hey, and get, you know, you know, you get into the moment, so you're just going to rip off the bands and everything just starts spewing. I mean, it, it, it's it's just the drama with this team. I, I've not, I've in my third in my twelve thirteen years of wa of watching and covering the NFL, I have never in my life seen this much drama involving one team that has so much firepower and and superstars on it. Well, it has one superstar, but it had just has so much talent on it that if there was drama, it'd be like a football sin. Because it's like, well, hey, well, you have all these great pieces. And you mean to tell me that the thing that's keeping you off from, like, achieving greatness is because you guys ain't getting along? Now, I get a teammates don't get along in sports all the time. But, I mean, when your roster is just that brilliant, I mean... And has that much firepower on it? I mean, how can how can you guys not get along? And and, and it's like and it's like the whole culture has like. I mean, it's it, it's it's a disgusting, disheveled, drama-filled locker room. Antonio Brown also skipped the Saturday night's team meeting. I mean, and this is the team that started 7-2-1 through the first 10 games. Remember, I was on the record saying at the first quarter of the season, I was on the first four games, I was on the record saying, oh, Steelers are done. So Steelers, you, you can write them off. They're not going to the playoffs. Then they go on this hot streak, make me look like an idiot. So then they go on this hot streak, and then they go right back to the way they, <laughs> they started. Losing games, playing down to the competition, endless stupid uh, juvenile drama in the locker room. I mean, I mean, come on. And, and it almost makes it seem like that Antonio Brown, who is their best player on the team, He's the cancer cell to all of this. Because when I'm reading and hearing things like him throwing the ball at Ben Roethlisberger and calling him names, not a fat rapist, I mean, I understand. Ben, at the end of the day, folks, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, doing your own reading researching for yourself. He he did do it. And he sit up here and, and quickly got married and had and had a couple kids so it wouldn't look bad. So they don't so his wife and his little kiddos don't see daddy get dragged out in some cuffs into jail. But anyway but anyway, it's getting off the beaten path. But it makes it seem like that Antonio Brown, best player on the team, he's the cancer of this locker room. One of the best receivers in football. It looks like he's kind of like the epicenter of all of this. 
not showing up to meetings, chewing out coaches on the sideline. Remember last year he was throwing Gatorade jugs and everything when he played the Ravens? I mean, the Steeler way and the Steeler football, strong, hard-nosed, disciplined, respectful football that, you know, your parents grew up watching with the 70s Steelers and everything. I mean, and even into the days, into the, and even with the 90s and early 2000s with Coward, it looks like that's all gone and out the window. And it looks like Mike Tomlin has totally lost control of the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room. I'm, I'm sorry, but, but when I'm sitting here reading arguments that basically this team, you know, they they can't go with, they can't go without five minutes without bickering and moaning and groaning about something. That's a problem. And and the Roonies and and Tomlin have to step back and say, well, hold on a minute. You guys are the, you guys started this point did X Y X Y Z. And yet you guys are having all these problems and act like a bunch of little children. And they have to step back and sit there and say, well, who's the problem? And whoever the problem is, I don't care if Antonio Brown is Lynn Swan or if Ben Roethlisberger is Terry Bradshaw. Whoever the cancer is, you got to like cut them loose and get them out of here. Now, players of those talents, of course, you don't cut them, you trade them, and I guarantee you get a bargain form, or you get, or not a bargain, but you get a surplus form. But still, all those reasons, Steelers didn't deserve to make the playoffs. What, what for that? What for them to uh, to to get all overly excited and to uh, fu- and, and and to uh, and to get crazy and, and look and look ahead to New England again. And and, and and go into like uh and go into uh I don't know go into um or and and go into either and they go play Baltimore or go play uh, Houston and get absolutely smacked left and right and get and get absolutely dominated in the game. They deserve to go to the playoffs. Plain and simple. Take a break. I'll touch on the Colts getting the sixth seed. Nick Foles leading Philly to the playoffs, and why you shouldn't fall for the mirage that is the New England Patriots. Long monologue, but a jam-packed show. More NFL Week 17. Right after this. Welcome back to Amateur Tia's podcast. The Indianapolis Colts clinched the sixth seed, the sixth and final seed, and winner-take-all game against their AFC South rival, the Tennessee Titans, on the road last night on NBC's Sunday Night Football season finale. To be on a final score of 33-17, Colts improve and end their regular season after starting 1-5 in their season at an impressive 10-6. Only only two other teams in history NFL prior to them have started the season one and five and have made the playoffs. The 2015 Kansas City Chiefs most recently, and the 1970 Cincinnati Bengals. 
since nineteen since the merger in nineteen seventy where the where the uh, first two teams prior to this year's Colts to finish one and five and then turn their season around and make the playoffs. The the Colts have won nine out of the last ten games. Finishing, like I said, at ten and six, Andrew Luck, who people wondered if he was even going to play football again, let alone have the physical capability to throw a football again. What a game he had! Twenty four for thirty five with two hundred and eighty five passing yards, three touchdowns, and one interception in the game. Marlon Mack on the ground had twenty five carries, one hundred and nineteen rushing yards, and a touchdown. Dontre Iman. Had five receptions, 77 receiving yards, and one touchdown in the game. Just to highlight a couple superstars on the Colts side. Congratulations to Frank Wright and Andrew Luck for uh, pinching the six, for pinching, clinching, excuse me, the six, the uh, sixth seed in the AFC playoffs. They played their division rival, the Houston Texans, who won the AFC South division. They played them for the third and final time this season. Uh, on Saturday, as they as they will head into Houston and play them. Blaine Gabbert, who Titans didn't have a lot of hope and didn't have a heck of a shot when you have Blaine Gabbert as starting quarterback, who keep in mind got drafted before J.J. Watt did in his respective draft. He was eighteen for twenty nine, uh, buck sixty five yards, a touchdown pass, and two interceptions. So you see what he stands right there. But anyway, congratulations to the Colts on a great season. And uh, Andrew Luck, Frank Wright, keep up the good work. Just want to get that out the way right there. Um, next is um, Nick Foles. How about Nick Foles? He led Philly to clinching the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs as they will go on the road and play the Chicago Bears, who won their division, their NFC North division, and believe it or not, for those of you who don't know, who aren't football aficionados, who aren't football and sports historians, today, New Year's Eve 2018, marks the 30-year anniversary of the Fog Bowl game which was the 1988 divisional playoff game between the between Buddy Ryan's Eagles, ex-Chicago uh, Bears defensive coordinator, as they lost to the Chicago Bears back in 1988. You know, huge, dense fog in the game uh, and everything else. Um, recommend um, watching the NFL films, the Timeline documentary on... Um, on that game called the Fog Bowl, you can you can uh, believe you can uh, watch it on Amazon Prime Video if you have that, or try to uh, find it somewhere on the uh, internet any way you can if you don't have Amazon Prime Video. But thirty one, but uh, thirty years and six days later, those two teams will match up this time to play the NFC. This time to play, excuse me, the Wild Card. Uh, playoff uh, game between these two teams and they have no and the Eagles have nobody but Nick Foles and Kirk Cousins to thank uh, Nick Foles though what what a my guy Nick Foles I mean it's just something about him and just something about 
him being on the football field that just makes the Philadelphia Eagles just play better on all sides of the ball. Nick Foles was 28 for 33 with 221 passing yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. But what a job he's done. Once again, taking the reins from Carson Wentz, who got injured, broke his back, ended his season. Uh, not, you know, if the he could repeat last year, it'd be one of the greatest things we've ever seen in sports, but the chances is really unlikely. Um, I think they have a shot in the Bears game. I'll save that for at the end of the week. But what a job he's done, gaining, taking the reins again and turning the Eagles' season around, getting them to 9-7, and seven, back-to-back winning season and back-to-back playoff appearances, and at least giving them a shot to defend and repeat as Super Bowl champions here in the in the 2018 uh, season. Redskins, no points on the board. They got shut out 24-0. They finished 79. Unfortunate season for them, but uh, they fell to uh, injuries like they practically always do. But anyway, that's enough for the Redskins. The reason why I said during that little uh, monologue there about, uh, not monologue, but soliloquy, how... I, you can say you can thank uh, uh, Nick Foles and uh, Kirk Cousins. Well, the Vikings needed a win and in they were in a win in their end scenario in order for them to make the playoffs, and the Eagles needed to beat Washington and needed the Bears, their now next opponent, to take care of business against the division rival Minnesota Vikings. And they did just that. The Chicago Bears won 24-10, to wrapping up their season at 12-4. Vikings finished above 500, but certainly less of a disappointment compared to last year. And they went to, all the way to the NFC Championship game. This year, they finished at 8-7-1. A very disappointing season if you're the Minnesota Vikings. But Kirk Cousins. I said it then. I'll say... Uh, and I'll say it again. Kirk Cousins, plain and simple, cut and dry, black and white, is not worth $84 million. Period. Period. He is not worth $84 million. I don't care about passer rating. I don't care about how far he throws the football. I don't care about passing. I don't care about none of that. None of those dopey golf, None of those dopey stats. What can you do when your back is up against the wall in a win-in-your-end scenario when your team needs you and it's clutch time, crunch time, whatever you want to call it. Late in the season, you're at home against a hated division rival. What are you going to do in the clutch when it matters most? And we saw what Kirk Cousins was made of. A few years ago, when the Redskins needed them to win that game against the Giants before, you know, the game before Odell went out, partied and partied on the yacht and then dropped as many balls as the day is long against the Packers. Remember, remember, week before that, Giants had nothing to play for and Kirk Cousins absolutely spit up the joint and urinated down his pants and fell flat on his face and the Redskins didn't make the playoffs. Not to mention, in a home playoff game against Aaron Rodgers, completely spit the bit too against that subpar 
defense that is the Green Bay Packers at the time and especially now. Getting shut off 31 to nothing by Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions. What a disgrace. But anyway, back to Kirk Cousins. He was 20 for 33 with 130 yards and a, and a touchdown pass. That, that, that is unacceptable when you have Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Kyle Rudolph as your, as your, as your primary targets. Stephon Diggs got targeted 10 times, had 8 receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown. Adam Thielen had 8 receptions for 38 yards, no touchdown. Kyle Rudolph, 4 receptions, 19 yards, no touchdowns. And you only put up 10 points, Kirk Cousins? Come on, I get that. I get that a Bears defense is is a uh, is a good defense and Cleo Mack is all over the place and according to you know Chris Collinsworth knows is the second coming of uh Mike Singletary but let's but let's but come on now Kirk you're getting paid 84 million dollars a year you have Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Kyle Rudolph all three Big time weapons on offense. It is not, get the ball to them. Quit farting around and try to bring your team home for once. Instead of farting around and tap dancing and shuffling and everything else, and then and then you sit up here want all your big money. Are right, you finally get your big money? So then you sit up here and and you make your bag and you lay an egg in it. And people would give Washington such a hard time. Well, why don't you pray, Kirk? You gotta, Kirk Cousins, you gotta say Kirk Cousins. Don't put him on franchise tag. Well, I can definitely see why Washington put his hot balls on a franchise tag. It was like year to year thing with them. Some years he showed promise, some years he wouldn't show so much promise. Some years he was up, some years he was down. And even if they needed a quarterback, they needed either putting franchise, a year to year franchise tag, is because. Redskins do they couldn't they couldn't compete unless they had a quarterback. So he's basically like, we're gonna use your services just just see if you can put us in the position to compete. But it gets to a point where you let us out so many times. I'm sorry, but crank up the Ray Charles, say hit the road, Jack, don't come back no more. Because he because Kirk Cousins does nothing for me. I mean, we saw, he was absolutely awful. I mean, we, we saw it in the Seahawks game. He was absolutely awful. I mean, and you give him $84 million? Really? Come on. No, 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 no. He, he, he isn't worth $84,000, let alone $84 million. Uh, no, no. Mike is going to rue the day that... That uh that that they assigned him uh, they they're going they're going to regret it. I'm telling you right now they are going to regret that decision. And I, I see it coming, and 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 the fact that and the idea that he puts them in a better position to win in Case Keenum again makes no sense to me. Makes entirely no sense to me. Case Keenum won you a playoff game and got you to the NFC Championship game. Kirk Cousins has not won a playoff game and can't even get you past the regular season without playing suspect football. But yet we're going to give Kirk Cousins $84 million and basically, you know, let and let Case Kim basically walk out the door. 
Switching gears now to the New England Patriots. They won their game in a surprising blowout by the final score of 38-3 yesterday. They clinched a first-round bye in the AFC. They got the second seed, so the only road game they would have to play as if... Uh, the only road game they would have to play is if they play the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Um, but any, but other than that, then the A, then the AFC Championship game will be right back in uh, Foxborough if the three, four, five, and six seed make it to the AFC Championship game. But other than that, the road goes through Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, but again, they beat them thirty-eight to three. Jets fired to announce that they were going to fire Ted Bowles after uh, their game yesterday, before the game even started, about 12 hours or maybe a little bit less before the game started. They said they were going to let Todd Bowles go. So all this talk and hype and hoopla and and, and uh, fascination over Tom Brady and how he's back and can, can, can you Tom Brady lovers and Tom Brady apologists just shut up for one minute. I mean, please. I mean, can you give him, give it a rest? Will you please? Can you expect me to be impressed with 24 for 33, 250 passing yards and four touchdowns against the New York, against the New York Jets? He wasn't playing the Baltimore Ravens, who's got a top defense in the league. He wasn't going up against the Houston Texans. That's got J.J. White and Jadavion Clowney on defense. He wasn't going up. He wasn't going up against, uh, I get the defense things, but they, they weren't going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going up against the New York Jets, whose head coach is already out the door before the, before the last game even started. You want me? To, you want me to give you a cookie and a, and a ticker tape parade for beating up thirty-eight to three on the Jets? Are you kidding me? Can you pump the brakes for five minutes, please? Anybody? The the Jets can make any team look competent. They're the Jets. Four and twelve. Todd Bowles out the door. I mean, come on. You want me to sit up there and, and do and do cartwheels to 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 uh to Yawkey Way because because Tom Brady threw for four touchdown passes against the New York freaking Jets really and a thirty eight to three blowout. I mean, I mean c- congratulations, Patriots. You know how you know how to play football. I mean, really. You want to sit there and throw a parade and get all happy and excited because cause they beat up on the Jets? Can you pump the brakes for just a little bit, please, before we start, before we start, you know, crowning the Patriots Super Bowl champions again? I mean, I mean, please. And then and then watch them go ahead and, and play either San Diego or Baltimore or or uh and get and play San Diego or Baltimore and get absolutely ran out the building. Cause Baltimore can beat New England. 
Chargers are a better team than Baltimore is, but Baltimore has the mental capacity and has the the mental toughness and, and the capability. They've done it in the past of going in New England and beating them. And you want me to put Tom Brady, you know, already crime Super Bowl MVP already? Can you pump the brakes? The Pats offense got dominated by these teams this season. The Jaguars... The Lions, the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. All five of those teams, by the way, are not competing for a Super Bowl championship in January. Two out of those five teams finished with an above 500 record. Steelers at 8-7-1, Titans at 9-7. and seven. Everybody else finished with losing record. And you want me to and you want me to crown Tom Brady Super Bowl MVP because he threw four touchdown passes against the Jets who find ways to lose football games and find ways to to set themselves back as far as being a competent contending organization is concerned when their coach was already out the door before the game even started, really? Come on. Let me see how let me see how Tom Brady plays against I don't know real competition in the playoffs. Don't sit up here and sit here and trying to force feed me and trying to tell me that Tom Brady you know we should just give him and, and Belichick their sixth Super Bowl already because because they beat up on the Jets at home in Week Seventeen thirty eight to three when it, when. When they went into Jackson, when especially when they when when they went into these three places, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Tennessee, and couldn't and Tom Brady couldn't compete it couldn't complete a pass and couldn't throw the ball in the ocean of his life depended on it. His receivers couldn't couldn't catch a couldn't catch a thing if you if you if you lathered their hands up in gorilla glue. The offense got. Absolutely shut down. Jags, Lions, Titans. Do a fourth and do the Steelers. But got shut down by four out of those five teams offensively. Absolutely got shut down and lost to all those four plus the Dolphins. Because Bill Belichick thinks that Rob Gronkowski's clumsy, injury-prone self can tackle. Take a break. Talk about the NFL uh, head coaches being fired, including Marvin Lewis, who thank the good Lord finally left since uh, finally got fired from Cincinnati. Take a break. Do that and touch on the college football playoff recap and how boring it was. And and, and was, we look forward to another Clemson and Alabama national championship back after this. Welcome back to the Amatilica TIA's podcast. Switching gears now from NFL playoffs to an end of week 17 action to what always comes at the end of every NFL season, especially the day before. So it's called Black Monday in the NFL, where typically coaches and GMs get uh, called into the uh, owner's room, the owner's office at the uh, practice facility or at the uh, stadium and get 
giving their final paycheck and the axe on right out the door. So, Steve Wilkes was fired from uh, the Arizona Cardinals after one season. They were a hideous team. Uh, offensive line was atrocious. Uh, Larry, Fri I don't know why Larry Fitzgerald is still there, but be that as it may. Um, but they were a horrible team with Josh Allen there in his rookie season. Uh, he did not give them the best chance to win under any circumstances. They were worse off with him than they were with uh, Carson Palmer as quarterback for crying out loud. So he's let go. Um, uh, Adam Gase. He's gone too um, in Miami after uh, they had a chance to make a, a playoff push uh, late in the season, especially you thought that they probably could after that uh, Miami miracle play against New England. Uh, but he's let go too as well. He had an underwhelming season. Uh, Vance Joseph, he got let go as well in Denver. Um, Steve Carsey, uh, after, uh, Denver had, uh, has had a consistent, has had, basically since the Super Bowl championship season 2015 has had a consistent string of losing. He's out the door. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, is out in Atlanta at his offensive Coordinator, uh, Micah Mayock, former NFL, at the time was NFL draft analyst for them. He's now the Raiders' new uh, GM. Derek Cutter is out in Tampa Bay after posing a 5-11 record once again. And Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, thank, hallelujah, thank the good Lord. Marvin Lewis is out as head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, and oh, it feels so good to say that. It was long overdue. It should have been done during this season. It should have been done after last season. Heck, it should have been done after the big collapse at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers back in 2015. It should have happened. But after my mentee of ranting and begging and pleading and griping and moaning and groaning and complaining and praying, finally, 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 Marvin Lewis is out as head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Some people thought they'd never live to see the day. I, I thought he, he was going to be Bengals coach for life. You know, I thought, it, you know, he might have had some dirt on Mike Brown, had some dirt on the team or whatever, but you know, he's there for however long he wants. I thought he was going to be there forever. But finally, Mike, after all this time, Mike Brown has finally decided to come to a census. And now the Cincinnati Bengals can take the first step into turning this organization around and making the play and trying to make, compete to make the playoffs once again. Something they haven't done since that 2015 epic collapse. Trying to make the playoffs once again. And 
hopefully by the grace of God win a playoff game and who knows a Super Bowl championship down the road in the future. Who's you if you ask who I think uh would be a good candidate to replace him? I have no idea, to be quite honest with you. Vance Joseph, no thank you. Uh, I don't want Adam Gase. I don't want Sarkeesian. I, you know, I'll take Zimmer. You know, if they can get Zimmer away from Minnesota, I'll, I can do Zimmer again. Well, not again, but I can, I'll take Mike Zimmer. You know, as a history of the team, knows how this can fix that uh, awful defense that was in much better state when he was at the home as defensive coordinator. I'll take uh, I'll take Zimmer again. Uh, I'll take I'll see if Jay Gruden is willing to leave Washington. That mess, not just with the many injuries the poor guy has to deal with, but just the incompetence and the sloppiness that is the Washington Redskins front office. I'll see if he, you can get him away from uh, Washington. But I'll even take a stab at Mike McCarthy just to see if he can, uh, you know, see, see if he can uh, try to turn any Dalton that offense around. Has won some playoff games in his uh, past. Has a Super Bowl championship. Uh, so I'd do McCarthy, Zimmer, and uh, Gruden if I was uh, Mike Brown looking for a next head coaching uh, candidate for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals for 2019 and beyond. Uh, one last thing, get to a break, then I'll get my brother that will come on the show. Uh, last thing uh, was the two... Uh, was the uh, was the two uh, college football playoff games between the uh, the Goodyear uh, Cotton Bowl Classic between number two Clemson and number three Notre Dame, number one Alabama versus number four Oklahoma. I'll touch on those games. I'll do the Clemson Notre Dame game first. Uh, Notre Dame stinks. Uh, defense stinks. Uh, the offense was a complete bore. Was a, was a complete mess. Book was seventeen for thirty four hundred sixty yards and interception. Put me to sleep. Uh, there was just couldn't get nothing going offensively. Nothing. Meanwhile, Clemson threw up and down the field left and right. Lawrence, 327 passing yards, three touchdowns in the game. Etienne had, uh, Etienne, whatever his name is, had 14 carries, 109 rushing yards and a touchdown in the game. So, Clemson, much, much, the much, 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 much better team than Notre Dame is. Notre Dame stinks. I'm done with Notre Dame. They haven't won a championship in over 30 years. They are a bunch of fluff when it comes to these situations. They are nothing but a bunch of fluff, a bunch of big pretenders who think that they're big time. And then when the uh, tough get going, the going has to get tough, and they don't show up. So I don't, I'm don't. tapped out with uh, Notre Dame. I don't want to hear anything about him. And uh, Oklahoma... Getting beat 45-34 to uh, Alabama, but the game, if you saw it, wasn't even all that close, really. 
Kyler Murray was 19 for 37 through 308 passing yards and two touchdowns. Ran for 109 on the ground and 17 carries and ran for a touchdown. Mr. Lamb had eight receptions, 109 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, but at the beginning, the offense really had problems getting going. If you saw, especially with especially in the early part of the first quarter, that the Oklahoma offense did not have any answers for that Alabama defense. Meanwhile, the Alabama offense was kind of clicking on all cylinders, even with Nick Saban losing his mind over uh, Nick Nick Saban as a pro. He's the he's a more vocal, more. Uh, more, uh, he's a much bigger of a personality and a much more vocal, uh, overt, uh, type of cult. He, him and Belichick are one and the same, but as far as their personalities, Belichick's the covert, you know, secretive, quiet one that, you know, won't give you a lot of anything, won't show you lots of emotion, won't, you know, meanwhile, Saban, he's yelling, he's screaming, he's cussing at his guys, throwing his control his control, throwing his uh, headset down, throwing his headset down, and, you know, and, and broke it in the game, you know, they were destroying Oklahoma at the time, you can tell Nick Saban is just such a perfectionist, Tua Tagovailoa uh, was 24 for 27 with 318 passing yards and four touchdowns in the game, meanwhile, Miss that's pretty much all you have for him receiving. You had Mr. Smith with six touches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Nick Saban continues to, like, steamroll the college football competition. It's been a very bad, uncompetitive college football season. If you ask me, uh, if you really ask me, it's just been a complete bore of a college football season. Again, we will have... Alabama and Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and uh, Clemson in the national football, uh, in the national championship uh, football game. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, at least, uh, but old Notre Dame stinks. Okay, I've, I've had enough of Notre Dame. Georgia should have been in that game. I know, I know they tried to avoid having an All SEC college football championship for the second year in a row, but. It, it's like Notre Dame is is the only team that can compete with and can keep it can can compete and can keep up with and has the ability to beat Alabama, but it's themselves that get into their own way. As you remember, they choked that big lead they had against them in the uh, SEC championship game thirty uh thirty days ago at the beginning of the month in uh, Georgia. So there's that. Um, I'll give you my thoughts on the national championship game as we get closer to it. But right after the break, my brother Ian will stop on by and join the show. We'll talk Seahawks football and uh, to bring up Marvin Lewis and other things. We'll be back. I'll be back right with Ian right after this. Welcome back to the Until Like a T.I.S. podcast. My next guest in our last segment of the show is my younger brother. He made his first appearance on the podcast uh, back at the first of the month. Uh, and he's back again at the end of the month, towards the end of 2018. Uh, Seahawks and Orioles fan and bandwagon fan of the Yankees and uh, other teams. 
that is too long of a list to mention. Here is Ian Shields. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, great to be back. Uh, you know, Seahawks football. Next Saturday, baby, come on. Let's hope to get let's hope the Twelves beat the Bone Cowboys. Jerry Jones worst on history, so not worried about this playoff game. Well, that's what we'll lead. Uh we'll lead with uh your Seahawks. You have the five seed in the NFC. Uh they took care they beat the uh they didn't have to beat them, but they beat them anyway. They beat the Cardinals yesterday. They uh, locked up the fifth seed by beating the uh, Chiefs at home uh, last Sunday. A week before that, they lost the game. They really had no business losing to the 49ers. Um, but give me your thoughts on the Seattle Seahawks. They've really turned the corner. Uh, everyone thought this was going to be a rebuild year. Uh, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson had other ideas. And give me your brief assessment of 2018 Seahawks basically throughout this month of December. So, uh, first couple weeks, uh, really wasn't a surprise. It's like we lost. Earl Thomas was about to walk out the door. Richard Sherman left. Cam Chase had to retire. The whole Legion of Boom is gone. Uh, our offensive line, terrible. Uh, only two guards we had was Doug Baldwin, Ty Lockett, Russell Wilson had to run around the field, a run game. Wasn't really that good until Marshawn Lynch. And then, I would say, Star Week 5, Star Week 6 is when Beat Carroll came to Brian Schottenheimer and was like, hey, we need to run the ball more. We were passing the ball too much, giving up a little too much turnovers. We need to run the ball, we need to we got a whole different offensive coordinator coach, offensive line coach. We need to start new. It really wasn't a rebuilding year, but it it was. We can't keep on going the same path that we were last year and early this year. So, big win against Carolina. I mean, I mean, we got a new kicker. Yeah, we 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 discussed that. You were on after the Carol. You were on after the Carolina game. What I'm trying to figure out is, you know, give me your thoughts on, you know, who they, you know, who they've played and who they've been in the month. Just give me your assessment of things throughout the month of December. That's it. Because, because last time you were on, you were on at the beginning of December. We talked about the Carolina game. Give me your like assessments on, you know, the uh, the the Chief game. You know, give me, and how you how well do you expect this team to perform during the playoffs? Well, Chiefs game. I uh, was probably the second hugest game, the hugest game that we've played so far, was which was the Vikings, which now you can see that could have been us, the Seahawks, who got knocked out instead of the Vikings, but hopefully glad it didn't. Um, uh, really wasn't surprised about the KC game. I mean, later on in the season, I knew who this team was, so I've so beginning of the season, I was like, "There's no way in the world, well, that we're gonna beat KC." Then um, Kareem Hunt went down. Tyreek Hill had a couple problems. That defense is putrid. I mean, just looks horrible. So the fact that Russell Wilson did his thing, Chris Carson, best running back right now, uh, 
besides beats mode. But he's done a really good job filling up filling in his shoes. Uh, he had he finished out the season with nine touchdowns so far. Over had over a thousand yards. Uh, over four hundred carries. I mean, pretty good. Pretty good season. Uh, Charles Lockett, amazing job. Had first season with ten touchdowns. He was sixty yards short of a uh, thousand yard complete. Uh, not completion. Uh, yards. But I mean, Tyler Lockett has just filled the void in our wide receiver core because you know Doug Baldwin had knee in- issues. Right. So Tyler Lockett really came up and just say, "Hey, Baldwin's out. I gotta step up." And let's talk about David Moore. He is so good. He's he's a jump ball guy. You can throw it to him up in the air, you jump up and catch it. These past couple weeks, I mean. I don't know why he just, he's, he has possession of the football, but can't get his feet in bounds. I mean, it's still. Um, Bobby Wagner, probably the best leader right now. Um, the first the first thing he said was, there's no more leads in the boom right now. This is you guys. This is our team. This is a new slate, n- new team. Be yourself. Go out there and play good football. And this is why I think. Because you have so much young talent and our football team still young. This is why I think we're going to beat the Cowboys. Cowboys, Amari Cooper, I, I, don't, I really don't care. Like Stephen A. Smith says, the Cowboys are accident waiting to happen. And um, last time I checked, we beat the Cowboys. We three and last time in the playoffs. So I'm not scared about it. I'm not scared about Zeke. I'm not scared about a bum, Dak Prescott, better than Tony Romo, but not scared of him. His defense, fluke, Sean Lee, ain't nothing, bum. Nothing that scares me on Dallas, nothing. Maybe Zeke puts a little fear in me, but nothing else. So you think this, So you think Seattle can go into Jerry World on Saturday night, going down, walking in, walk in there and have a pretty confident, confident, dominant, and that's my new word, confident. My new word for 2019, Dolphin. <laughs> a, a dominating and conf- and um, and confident win. Yes, that's what I believe. Um, like I said, uh, even as stepping up, I mean, even though our times is not back there, uh, I feel like we're going to get deeper in the playoffs. I mean, we're not going to get blown out. That, that's the thing I'm one for sure. If we do, hope we don't, but... If we lose, then hopefully it'll be close, but it's, I, I feel confident on this one. Russell Wilson, he threw about 38 touchdowns, six interceptions, you know. That pick yesterday, not a good one. I mean, but every quarterback makes mistakes. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how Seahawks, like, the Seahawks are like 27 passing. I'm like, but we're first in the run, right? Last time, last time I checked, we are. So then that means... 30, 35 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. Um, there we go. And, and, and he did not make the Pro Bowl. Just keep that in yeah, mind. Let's yeah, get, let's get on that for a second. Why in the world will Russell Wilson not make the... Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers played probably the... Is this is this the same Aaron Rodgers who got blew up by the Lions yesterday? 
it's just the same Aaron Rodgers who Russ Wilson beat the Lions, by the way. This is is this the same Rodgers who couldn't beat us because of the silly dumb mistakes? Is this the same Aaron Rodgers who Aaron Rodgers, four thousand four hundred forty-two passing yards, two twenty-five touchdown passes, two interceptions. You may continue. Was he hurt at any time? No. And he goes to the Pro Bowl, and Russell Wilson doesn't. Well, again, it's a popularity contest. You know who who's a not hot, who's a nice, hot, shiny new toy? Because it's either it's either Brady, it's Brady and Rogers first, and it's a shiny new toy. So Mahomes gets all the love. Drew Brees, it would have been a crime if he didn't make it. But it's Drew Brees, Brady, and then Patrick Mahomes. That's what I hate. The guys with the actual talent, they don't make the Pro Bowl. But these, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, one hit wonders, they can make the Pro Bowl. But next season, the Patrick Mahomes puts out probably the worst, uh, stats ever. Then come talk to me. But Russell Wilson, there's no reason in the world why he should not be in the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl, I know it's not a big deal. It's not really about being. It's not even about playing the Pro Bowl. It's about being in the Pro Bowl. It's such a big deal. It's like, basically, it's a loser's Super Bowl, honestly. If, like, you're not good enough to make the playoffs or if you go to the Super Bowl, this is just, it's, it's not an honor, but it's, oh, it is an honor. Because it's, kind of, it's like an all-star game in MLB, but it's not, not a lot of people watch it, though. But still, I don't understand how Russell Wilson does it. I understand he didn't pass. He didn't get all these passing yards. Last time I checked, Russell Wilson. Besides last year, we have went to the playoffs. What five, five out of seven times he's been in the league. Six, six, five or six. The only time he missed a pass to Russell Wilson was last year. Exactly, and we weren't even that far behind. The blood wash wouldn't have messed it all up for us, missing the four million field goals left and right. Can't kick a ball, act like he's blind and can't kick a ball. Especially Janikowski barely misses. He's money. Happy about that. But still, it's, NFL is becoming a joke really right now. What? Why you say that? In fact, again, you can, their ratings have gone down. And I can see why. There's dumb stuff like this. Not putting all-star players on the Pro Bowl. Not electing other well, well, the fans vote though, so you have a problem. You gotta get out there and vote, like 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 with anything else in in our country, whether it's Congress or president. The fans vote with this one. Even the MVP races sometimes. Sometimes it's just not the fact that I, I understand Brady. He has six rings. I understand that he's good. He's not the goat. Others may disagree with me. I know Jacob. Would disagree with me, but I. Who, who, who who's Jacob? Jacob Bull Boss is that little ugly cowboy fan uh, over in Owings Mills who keeps on talking about the Cowboys. James, well, James, right? No, no, that. Zeke is the beast. Uh, John Brady's to go. No, no, he's not. He's good. He's great, but he's not the greatest of all time. Who, who do you say he is? I mean, there's a lot of people who could be there, but Tom Brady's not one of them. Like Peyton Manning, who, 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 Peyton Manning, uh, Steve Young. Hey, Peyton, Peyton, Peyton Manning is not the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm sorry, he's lost too many times in the playoffs, and it's been he's too. 
he he has a sub five hundred record in the Super Bowls. Right. He's been in them four times. He is two and four. He is, he's two and two in the Super Bowl. Who? Peyton Manning. No, he's not. He is. He's one two and lost two. He's 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 one and one both teams. One and one against the, with the Broncos. One and one with the. Uh, Give me two and four. He's been in the Super Bowl four times, but he's two and four. Ian equals up to six. You don't. You don't understand. Two and four. It's not how many games he's played in. It's not two and two. He's been in the Super Bowl. He's been there four times. He's two and two. Two wins, two losses. Let's move on. But my my point still stands. He's not the greatest of all time. All right. I'm sorry. He's he's the better regular season quarterback, but he's not the greatest of all time. He's lost too many times in the playoffs. I'm sorry. He he just has. All right. Um, uh, I mean, I, I I don't got stats with me right now, but I just don't think if Brady can post some right out of his rear end this year, I'll admit he's go to this Patriots. It's not looking good this year. So, moving on to... Give me your thoughts, and on... Sorry, I had to look at the stat right quick. Uh... Give me your thoughts on the Ravens. Them when they won their division yesterday, took care of business against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they play on Sunday against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Let me hear your thoughts on the Ravens. This is probably probably the same biggest game I've ever. And the fact that the Ravens signed John Harbaugh, I mean, it's up to playoffs right now. I don't know. It was turn around because of Lamar Jackson or because of John Harbaugh. I mean, but still, great game yesterday. Uh, I watched it. Uh, Baker needs to shut his mouth. Uh, talks way too much. Uh, last time I checked, you didn't make the playoffs. Last time I checked, you uh, do an interception. You do like three of them. Um. The Ravens defense playing phenomenal. Lamar Jackson. I just wish Lamar Jackson could be more passing quarterback. If he could be more of a passing quarterback and less than the run a little bit, I feel like they could definitely go make a super run for like multiple years. But the Ravens are offensively kind of look a little one dimensional. I mean, they run the ball. I mean, they have some good runners back there. I mean, Alex Collins. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's up with him. Lamar Jackson got some speed. Um, Trakendrick West, I think. Um, he's a good running back. I mean, they should. I mean, they don't got real speed out there in the wide receiver, like super speed like Tyreek. But if they could find someone like that, they could run little uh, wide receiver schemes. But, I mean, the defense, if they do go to Super Bowl, I feel like the defense would make it for them. Um, and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is pretty a real big key in uh, Ravens offense. I mean that man's a beast. Uh, Steelers. Uh, I don't know what to say about them. Uh, 
the week. Um, Antonio Brown situation with Ben Roethlisberger. How he didn't play. He left at halftime. The Steelers are a mess. Bungles. They're the Bungles. I mean, even though he fired uh, Marvin Lewis, still the Bungles. Nothing new going to change. So, past for the next years, a couple of years, I think Baltimore's going to win the division for most of the If Pittsburgh can't turn themselves around, I feel like for the next couple of years, it's going to be Cleveland and Baltimore fighting for the division. Because Steelers aren't throwing anything right they, now. They, they, they have too much drama and too much garbage going for lack of a better word going on in that locker room for them to basically win anything in the near future. You may continue. The Bengals still still uh bad. I mean Steelers don't got a real good defense. I mean I really haven't had a real good defense since Troy Palomalu uh was in the game. But Ravens looking pretty well. I mean I feel like they will beat the Chargers. I feel like they can beat I feel like it'll be any team Right now in the AFC, except the Texans, maybe. But um, I mean, you never know with the Texans because they they got some offensive line issues. So I feel like that defense may be too much for them. But I mean, not really. AFC looking real weak right now. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna keep on saying it right for until someone proves me wrong. Tom Brady. Probably, even though they clinched the um, with the AFC North, they they got they well they won their AFC division East. a long time AFC. ago. They won their division a long time ago. It they clinched the second seed, so they have a first round bye. So unless they play the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, they get home games. Unless they play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, but the AFC East, I mean. Well, everybody knows the AFC East is weak. Uh, we all, uh, yeah, that's my point. Like, the fact that, the, look at their record, they're like, what, 11 and 4, like, or like 10, uh, what, 11 and 5? Yeah, Patriots are 11 and 5. The fact that you lose to the Jaguars, the uh, Titans, Dolphins, Dolphins, yeah. Lions, and yeah. Steelers. The fact that you lose to those teams, especially the Jaguars, oh my gosh. Jaguars last year, you can tell they were a fluke. There's no reason why you make it that deep into the playoffs and you just fall apart like some, like a bread, like just a piece of bread just falls right apart. Like a cookie, how a cookie crumbles. They just fell apart just like that. Why did they lose that? I don't know what was going on. The Miami Miracle, that was probably the dumbest play ever. Why would you put a six seven guy slow as I don't know what back there? Why wouldn't you put an extra safety back there, extra cornerback, wide receiver? Like just I don't know if you got anybody tall like Julio, but like get someone back there, but like Gronk gotta we're gonna speak that, that's too slow. The fact that that happens that you can't catch up to him is just a disgrace. I feel like <coughs> Texans, I feel like they got a shot at it. I mean, the mayor's Thomas going out. Will Fuller, not Will Fuller. Yeah, it is Will Fuller, never mind. 
with Filler going out uh early in the se- mid mid season, yeah. I feel like DeAndre Hopkins again is that one wide receiver that you can only count on. I mean, they don't have a really a lot of step up guys right now. <coughs> Excuse me. They got a lot of step up guys right now. Their offensive line looking bad. It's good to see. It's great to see. It's a lot healthy. David Clowney picking up uh, some of the words. I mean, they both can, all both of them combined for 27 and a half sacks this year. So, that's pretty well. Uh, yeah, the young but kind of old honey badger back there knows, knows how to play the game. But, not as young as he used to be. I mean, they got some good cornerbacks. Uh, Jonathan Joseph. Um, I mean, I feel like they could go deep, but the up in the line is really stopping them right now. KC, like I said earlier, good offense. Patrick Holmes, he's good. Uh, wondering if he can do anything about that defense. The answer is no. That's why they ain't going to do well. Defense was championships, and even if your defense sucks, I mean, they, they got no one. They had no one there to help them. Derek, Eric Berry is as old as Moses right now. He's he's playing like he's playing like he has a broken arm and no left leg. I mean, he's literally useless. Like, put him on the bench, literally, save him until next year, cause he's not doing. He's not helping the team. Out the Seahawks Chiefs game. I heard a bunch of names. Eric Berry was one name I did not hear at all. N- not one bit. I did not hear his name. Um, Chargers, they ain't gonna last long. Philip Rivers. I don't know. I feel like he has this year, maybe next year, give it a shot, and then. But, I mean. I I feel like he won't go far. The Colts. Gonna see it's good to see Andrew Luck back there at quarterback. I mean he's missed a couple of seasons. Um, he he's a good it's a good quarterback. Um, it, it would test out his true skills right now in the wild card. Uh, playing so. Let's see what they can do. T. Y. Hilton. I mean. That man is a beast. It, I don't know how many times I watched the Colts game. Probably maybe twice, red zone and Sunday Night Football. But past two times, I've heard he's only practiced from zero to two times. And then next play, I see he's, he's getting um, over 40 to 70 yard uh, touchdown reception. This is unbelievable. I mean, he's great. Uh, they said Colts have not allowed. Um, at least over a hundred rushing yards a game. That's pretty well. Uh, I mean, I don't know. This optimism on NFC. I'm AFC. I mean, NFC is looking pretty well. I mean, they got some solid teams over there. I mean, they got the Saints. You got the Rams. Uh, you got Seahawks. Got the Cowboys. Got the um. Who else we got? 
got the Bears. Yeah, Eagles. Bears. Eagles, yes. What what a push the forces made. I don't want to hear Carson Wentz all that. No, he's not. Alright? Carson Wentz. You do forget, Carson Wentz probably would have won the MVP had he have not gotten hurt. So you keep that in mind. And he, he basically set up Nick Foles to basically go down the way and win them a championship. What about this season? That's what I, that's what I hate about that. All these people, well, he, he couldn't he could win MVP this year. It was for injury. Injury hasn't stopped anybody. It stopped you one year. You left. You leave where you left off from last year, and you Carson pick up where you left off from last year. Same thing. And Carson Wentz has not done a single. Has not done any of it. He, he has proven to me that he's a one. He has a couple of tricks in his in his pocket. I mean, Nick Foles really needs to be starting out there. He he's the one who really needs to be uh, gunslinging the ball, and I fit and. I feel like he could possibly win, um, take the Eagles deep in the playoffs. It, it's it's extremely unlikely considering all of the games have to basically go through because uh, they are the six seats. So they would have to play all road games in order for them to make it back to the Super Bowl. But um, it'd be nice to see. I'm rooting for him, certainly, but the chance of it ha- happening is very unlikely. Carson Wentz, just to give you this, Carson Wentz has thrown for, over, has thrown for 3,074 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So there's that. Um, One last thing uh, before we get out of here. Give me your thoughts on... Baker Mayfield's beef with Hugh Jackson. It's really getting annoying, really. It's the same thing over and over again. We know Hugh Jackson sucks. He's coached for the probably the worst two teams in history, in, in NFL history, the Browns and the Bengals, the two bums of the league. Ain't nobody care. Baker Mayfield, all that yap. But you finish the season seven eight and one. Come talk to me, Baker, when you make the playoffs and you're like the Saints or the Rams. Come talk to me then, cause you haven't proven anything. You're keep in mind, you're still a rookie, so you really haven't proven anything to anybody yet. But that you pass Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning for. Uh, some dumb rookie touchdown. Uh, I don't really, I really, I really don't care. It's about if you like Russell Wilson, come back next year, and make a push for the playoffs, and maybe even win the Super Bowl. I mean, they're there, but Baker Mayfield, he's too mouthy. I'm sorry. Let your play speak for your actions. For your uh, actions. Like, I don't want to hear all this yap, yap, yap about Hugh Jackson. He's on another team. He's on another sideline. Who who cares right now? Who honestly cares? Hugh Jackson, old, fat. Don't don't even care. Milk dud. Yeah. 
trying to spend the off season eating cookies, donuts, and eating fried chicken. Hanging out with Marvin Lewis. Uh, uh, writing a book on how to be bums in the NFL. I, I really don't care. It, it, stop focusing on Hugh Jackson and focus on you. Hugh Jackson, um, I don't know how old he is, but he, he had time. He had time to make his decision. You're still a rookie. You got plenty of life to live, hopefully, in the NFL. You need to work on what I need to do this offseason to make. To get the Browns one step forward from uh, being a better team. I mean, they're there. I mean, bringing Jarvis Landry in the offseason, that was key. Uh, Miles Garrett coming back from injury, that was key. I mean, they've, they've proved to us that they, they're a team. Like, considering what they were last year, they're a team. But just because you finish almost at 500 doesn't mean you, you're all that. Look at Team Tebow. That man was in like the league for like five, six years. Played for the Broncos. And now he was a bench, basically a bench woman. Like the fact that you use a quarterback at special teams is crazy. I mean, you really have no point of being, being on the team if you're using for I mean, you you don't know what your future has in store for you. To just sh- just shut up. And then plus, that if you if, uh, Cleveland really didn't want you, that really drives away uh, other teams from wanting you. Cause just like, hey, if you make it mouthy with this coach on practice, things get here. I I don't want him on my ball club. Be like be like a Russell Wilson. Be like a Tom Brady. Just just shut up. Just play the game of football. Say, I don't need to tell you that this coach is bad. Say, if you want, it's a, it's a point where like don't be, be scared. It's a point where just play. Don't be bold. I, I know your place, honestly. I say, I'm still, I'm. St- it's like a child and a parent. I can say some things to my parents, but there's some things I just, you just. Do not say. So know your place and know who you are. And say, hey, I'm still playing. It's my coach. And you listen to him. He told me what to do. This is, He's been doing this for a long time more than I have. I mean, Baker Mayfield, you play on the Browns. You play on the Browns, all right? The Browns. It's Josh said And you're proving me what? You're on the Browns. You had an okay season. It doesn't matter. Just, sh- just be quiet. Play your game. Do your thing. Throw the football. I mean, he, he has a he has an arm. Not gonna doubt that, but just enough with the talk because it's honestly getting real annoying. And uh, you know, the type of people that you do not want to be around a team uh, that you don't want to build a team around. Them. I mean. Really, you're supposed to build your team around defense, but if you really wanted to, you could bring your team around quarterback, or kind of what the Patriots did right now, or do what the Patriots did. But Baker Mayfield, enough's enough. No one really cares anymore. Talking all this garbage to Hugh Jackson, I, I don't think Hugh Jackson cares anymore. I, I honestly don't. I don't even. He's. I think he cared for like. The, First couple of times, and he just blew it off. Just like who, who, who even cares?
Well, Ian, thanks for joining me today. Thanks uh, for having me. Good to have you with us. Um, as for us, thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatel Like TIS podcast. Be sure to subscribe if you liked what you heard. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a uh, review and a star rating of, of uh, what you heard. Be sure to spread this. Be sure to excuse me. Spread this. Spread this and send this with uh, your friends and family. Have a happy, blessed, and safe, prosperous, fruitful new year, everybody. I'll talk to you on Saturday. This is Josh Shields. You've been listening to him until like a TIS podcast.